بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my brothers and sisters الله سبحانه وتعالى revealed تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عمله وهو العزيز الغفور بنوذ first Ayat of uh, Surah Al-Mulk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the owner of everything that exists and Allah created death and life to test you to see who does the best deed. I remind myself and you that this is not a question of what is good and what is bad. It's not a question of what is halal and what is haram. It's a question of judging between two equally or apparently equally good things, or rather two two good things, which is the better of the two. And um, obviously the one who chooses the better of the two is the one who uh, is the winner in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah. I think this is very important for us. For example, just to give you an example, and we see this in Islam, uh, all over the place. One is to pray the first salah at home or in your office versus to pray the first salah by jama'ah in the masjid. Both are good deeds. It is not haram to pray the first salah at home. But if you take the trouble to go to the masjid, then you get 27 times the reward. Between making wudu at home and going to the masjid and going to the masjid without wudu and making wudu in the masjid. Both of them are permissible but to make wudu at home before going to the masjid, this is preferable and this is a better deed than to go to the masjid and use those common facilities for making wudu. Similarly, for so many things, for example, eating halal, to choose and eat only that which is hand slaughtered by a Muslim versus saying Bismillah and eating and so forth. To say Bismillah and eat is not haram, but definitely to eat a animal or bird which is by itself halal, which has been slaughtered by a Muslim, this is afdal, this is superior. In Islam, this principle of what is afdal is uh, applied in every aspect. For example, take the, take, take the application of the sunnah. We clip our nails. We can clip them any way, any way we like. And if we clip them any way we like, we are not committing a sin. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we clip them the way Rasulullah used to clip them, which is to start with his right index finger, go right across to the little finger, then on the left hand, uh, start with the little finger, go across to the thumb, and then do the thumb of the right hand last. Right? If you hold your hands up, as you hold them up for dua, start with the index finger, the finger that you raise in tashahud for the kalima, and then go and do it in that way. So you are you're still clipping your nails, you're clipping your nails for your own benefit, but you are doing it in the way Rasulullah used to do it. There is a reward for that. 
you put on your shoes no problem you take off your shoes no problem but if you put on your shoes the way rasulullah sallallahu used to put them on which is he used to first lift them shake them out then he would put the right foot in the shoe first and then the left foot and then when he was taking them off he would take off the take out the left foot first and then he would uh, take out his right foot if we follow this process of how rasulullah sallallahu did it then there is actually ibadah the reward, the reward for ibadah in that right so this is a this is accept this is a very accepted principle in islam that if you uh, follow your deen and if you follow your life basically in the way that rasulullah sallallahu used to do things then that normal action converts into an action of deen converts into an action which is rewardable by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards it i can give you many many examples but i don't think that is required i think this is uh, sufficient now we began ramadan yesterday alhamdulillah that is the uh, first of april uh, which was friday we prayed tarawih friday night so second of april uh, is the first day of ramadan here in america as we know there are two ways of uh, of ascertaining when ramadan begins uh, one way which is uh, by calculations and many countries do that saudi arabia does it the whole of middle east does it and they they, they are quite clear they, they say it they say it very clearly this is what we do we do it by calculations they announce the beginning of ramadan several days before uh, ramadan begins is this halal is this jayz is this permissible of course there is no problem with that nobody uh, said it is haram but what did rasulullah sallallahu tell us to do and remember before anybody uh, goes off on a tangent and says that uh, now we have access in the it's a modern technology that we have access to calculations no you don't the hindu calendar the hindu lunar calendar has been around for over 3000 years which is more than double the time that islam has from the time the wisdom salam was uh, uh, came into this world and that is a lunar can- calendar and that is exactly what uh, the hijri calendar is like with the same 29 or 30 days and in the hindu calendar we can predict uh, or foresee or whatever you want to call it they calculate precalculate uh, the months and this calendar was available this calendar was there uh not only historically not only do we know that there was communication between arabia and india in those in the days of rabi sallam but looking at it from an islamic perspective rasulullah sallam is the is the rasul of allah if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted him to use a lunar calendar uh, as the hindus were using it this is this is what would have been instructed and we would have been following the lunar the lunar calendar calculations from day one from the time rasulullah sallam came into this world that did not happen on the other hand rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us very clearly in the hadith he said look for the moon of shaban on the night of the 29th if you see the moon then start fasting if you don't see the moon complete 30 days of shaban and the same thing for the end of ramadan where we we look for the moon of ramadan of of shawwal uh, on the 29th of ramadan and if we don't see the moon of shawwal on the 29th of ramadan we complete one 
we do one additional day, we complete 30 days of Ramadan. So, to repeat, the hadith of Mr. Sallam is very clear, where he said, look for the moon of Ramadan on the 29th of Shaban, and if you see it, then start fasting, and if you don't see it, then complete the 30 days of Shaban. Um, on the same thing at the end of the month, where he said, look for the moon of Shawwal on the 29th of Ramadan. And if you do not see it, then you complete 30 days of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. There is no confusion. There is no nothing. And as I said, it's very clear that it's that something done because we want to follow the sunnah of Rasulullah obviously in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, has precedence has greater value, has greater benefit than doing the same thing by any other means. Now, I am not decrying, I am not denying, I am not pronouncing takfir, I am not saying it is haram, I am not saying it is bad, evil, nothing, nothing, nothing. Very simple, just like putting on your shoes, taking off your shoes, clipping your nails in one way, clipping your nails in another way, right? Praying, praying salah at home, praying salah in the masjid. If you do it according to the sunnah of Rasulullah it has additional value. Now, all the arguments which are usually used, oh, the whole world must, all the Muslims in the world must start fasting on the same day, stop fasting on the same day. These arguments and people who say that really are telling us that they don't understand either geography or time. Because there is no way that this can actually happen. If you are following the celestial bodies, the sun or the moon. Just like we can't all pray Salatul Fajr at the same time because the time differs. And that's because of the sun. Similarly, we cannot start any month, whether it is Ramadan or not. It's a tragedy that we have all these arguments because we don't follow the lunar Hijri calendar anyway. right? We follow the Hijri calendar only for Ramadan. If we had followed the Hijri calendar throughout the year, we would know what which month it was and what date it was and so on and so forth. We wouldn't have had this. Anyway, that's a different issue. So, the point being that if we, <clears throat> this whole thing of saying everyone must start fasting the same day, stop fasting. First of all, there is no great benefit in starting and stopping fasting the same day. So what if they do? So what if they don't? Makes no difference. Secondly, it is actually impossible because of the Phases of the moon because of the of the of the following celestial bodies. You know the tragedy is. I have a in, in our interfaith council we have uh, there's a, a rabbi uh, called Rabbi Benjamin Weinia, uh, who's a good friend of mine. And when he when I spoke to I, I gave a talk on Ramadan. So when he saw when he heard this talk he said he said you know I I feel so nostalgic and I feel so sad. That we, meaning the Jewish people, he said, we have we used to follow uh, the sun and the moon and and celestial bodies in in determining our dates. He said we gave it up a long time ago, and now we just have calculations. And this is so nice that you have you people have uh, stayed with the tradition of your religion. Yeah, it's amazing how a Jewish rabbi can appreciate it, but sometimes uh, you know we Muslims get into needless arguments about it. So my submission to you, my brothers and sisters, whatever you did, inshallah, is good for you. Alhamdulillah. But there is no need to say that those who are using calculations are doing haram. 
And also the people using calculations, there is no need to feel superior and think that you are doing something great. The people who are trying to revive the sunnah of Rasulullah inshaAllah, have the bashara of the, of the revival of the sunnah. And what is that bashara? Rasulullah said, a time will come when it will be more difficult to hold on to my sunnah than it will be to hold on to a live burning coal in your hand. And he said, if you revive a sunnah, in, those, in, in times like that, times of difficulty, if you revive a sunnah, he said that the person who revives the sunnah of mine in those times will have the reward of 100 shaheed. The sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, 100 shaheed of their time or our time. He said, your time. Right? Now, I'm not saying that uh, sticking to the Ramadan dates is uh, more difficult than holding a, a red-hot coal in your hand. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that we ask, we, we expect the best from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, we tried to revive the sunnah of Rasulullah which is to see the moon, to do the moon sighting and then start fasting and stop fasting. Please give us the reward of this, of reviving a sunnah. Alhamdulillah, I think this dua is valid. Make this dua. And most importantly, do not have an ikhtilaf in the ummah for this. We have enough ikhtilafat, we have enough differences of opinion, we have enough divisions. Let us not add to that. So, Alhamdulillah, whatever you did, Alhamdulillah for you, Ramadan Kareem, Ramadan Mubarak, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, may Allah bless you. May Allah fill this month with the khair and barakah for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy uh, to to fulfill the rights of Ramadan al-Kareem and the rights of fasting, not just dates and times and whatnot, but actually the rights of fasting, which is to spend as much time as we can in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, Jalla Jalaluhu, trying to please Him. Wa sallallahu ala nabi al-Kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika al